What's going on everyone? This is Jake Hofer. This episode is an exciting one and it is the very first of many and it is the first time land buyer series and until I come up with a better name that's what we're going with. This series is all about talking with people that bought their very first piece of ground, learning how they did it, what do they do for work, you know, the entire process of what they would do the same, what would they do differently, how close was it to their house, was that a big factor, literally anything you can think of. And I think the beauty of this is if you are trying to strategize to buy your first piece of ground, you're going to learn a lot from these series. And I think when you get ready to move forward, you're going to be way more informed than the average first-time land buyer. And it's a big purchase, likely one of the biggest purchases of your life. So the more you can learn from other people on this expertise, this area, this topic, the better off you're going to be. Now, this is with Dan and Stacey Bayes. They are good friends of the Exodus brand. Dan was actually one of the very first people we had on Trail Cam Radio, the other Exodus podcast. They've been on Whitetail Cribs, um, and they're just great people, and it was a pleasure to talk with them. They were very transparent and open with their land-buying process, and I thank them for that. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Hopefully you learn a thing or two. And if you guys would like a free resource, a free book, um, you can go into the email sign-up on the description here below. There's literally a resource sign-up. You go in there and sign that up. And after that, I will get your address so I can ship you a book from Pat Porter. He graciously gave us a stack to send out to everyone. So if you want a free book, leave a written review, sign up for the email list. And we'll get you taken care of. But anyways, let's go ahead and get right into this episode. All right, we are live. Thank you, Dan and Stacy, for hopping on uh, the line here today. We're going to be talking all about your guys' first uh, parcel that you guys purchased. This is part of a different series here, First Time Buyer Series. Basically, the generic name I penciled in. So that's what we're going to go with for the first edition. Now, what's interesting, uh, Dan, you were on the, the first 10 episodes of Trail Cam Radio way back in the day. Um, and you're going to be on the under 10 club for this as well. So, so thanks for being right an early on. adopter here. <laughs> thanks for having us on. Yeah. And, um, you guys were both on an episode later on with trail cam radio. Um, shoot. What was that? 20, 2020 or late 2019, probably. I believe so. Yeah. It was, yeah. Before COVID. <laughs> yeah. Pre, pre, yeah. Everything's pre COVID post COVID now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we recorded a whitetail cribs with you guys. And, um, so, I'll have that in the description below if you guys uh, want to go check out uh, their house and the deer. But this episode is all about you guys and the process of um, you guys purchasing your first piece of ground. So if you don't mind, um, can you tell us a little bit about you guys, about yourselves? Go ahead. Um, I grew up around Leechburg. That's northeast of Pittsburgh. And I came to Erie. Yeah, Pennsylvania. I'm in Pennsylvania. Um, I was brought to Erie on a softball scholarship. So I went to Mercyhurst uh, University. And um, so, yeah, even my dad always preached about not having debt. So I grew up in a house where we just, we learned how to manage money. And even in college, um, I went to, like I said, I mentioned about the scholarship for softball and I did not have much student debt. So, um, yeah, and now I'm a school teacher. I went four years at Mercyhurst University and graduated and got, I was fortunate to get hired right away at the age of 22 and I've been teaching elementary art 
K through four for 17 years now. Um, went on, got my master's. The school, of course, helped me pay for that. And I, I also got my principal certification. So that's a little bit about my background. And, and uh, I'm originally from Ohio. I spent the, the better part of my life in Northeast Ohio. Um, I'm a union electrician by trade. And um, when Stacy and I got married, I actually moved up here to her because she's a school teacher and not able to move around nearly as much as me. So I transferred my ticket up here to Erie and I will work out of uh, local 56 now. Got it. How long have you been doing that? Oh, goodness. Uh, I think 13 years now. 13 years. Gotcha. So that's pretty cool. So union electrician and a school teacher. Uh, Stacy, I have to ask if you grew up in a debt-free family. Were you guys a Dave Ramsey family? Um, I don't know that my parents listened to Dave Ramsey, um, but it, I grew up in a very um, religious family. And so those principles obviously are, you know, throughout the Bible, you'll see how to manage money. It's one of the most talked about things. It's 2,000 times, I think, the Bible mentions money and um, how to deal with your possessions. So, you know, that was always... Um, taught in my house growing up so. we dave ramsey now though. we do yeah, yeah now i'm a big dave ramsey fan um you know the church we go to definitely has had um money seminars on and they you know yeah, showed, freedom, yeah. Um, financial university financial i think it's freedom, called yeah. freedom yeah mm-hmm. yeah i uh it's kind of funny i grew up in a similar household but uh post-graduation i had a full tuition scholarship for two years and then my school closed so apparently they gave out too many of those so then I only <laughs> I transferred and I had a I had a, I went to the cheapest state school um that I could have basically afford and then I did graduate with a little bit of debt and then I I cleaned it up right after I graduated with basically the the Dave Ramsey plan so that was um, that's awesome yeah so that's kind of <laughs> uh interesting but anyways this is kind of about so we have an idea what you guys do for work um and also kind of I guess uh, money principle principles, but how long did you guys have a goal of actually owning ground, or was it more of a spur of the moment type deal? Um, I think Dan's always dreamt of that. Well, it, <laughs> I think I should answer first. Um, so when I was a kid, Jake, I I used to hunt a property that was in Northeast Ohio, and and, and in all honesty, still to date, probably one of the better properties I ever hunted in my life. Um, it was basically a whole whole block it was maybe a square mile um or actually probably larger than that and um it was back then you know you there was no such thing as posted signs or you know ground that you know you're not allowed to hunt on at least not 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 much not in that area so um i was bow hunting it pretty heavily and um great great deer back there i was very fortunate to have the time i did there but there was a guy who came in and bought the entire block him and uh I think it was like three other guys, but there was one main guy. And um, when he came and, and said, hey, I, I don't want you hunting back there anymore. I'm going to be, and he put posted signs up. From that point forward, I was like, man, I'm I'm going to own my own property one day. I, and I, I that was like a dream of mine. I think I was maybe 10, 12 years old at that point. And um, that's when it, when, that's when I caught the bug for it. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I think everyone's been through that uh, exact scenario or pretty close to it and that's usually uh, I know I have the goal of buying ground someday and it's this similar uh, struggles but what were you going to say Stacy? I think 
the idea was put in my head from Dan because up until I met him, I would just try. It was not convenient, but I would travel two and a half hours down 79 to go hunt back home on the weekends before I met Dan at my at my parents' house. So that was definitely not convenient. And then just running into public land struggles with other hunters and, you know, you thought you had a spot and you get in there and someone else is in there or you see a trail camera that you didn't see like the week before or anything like that. It was just that starts to weigh on you. And um, I guess my goal for land has only been recent, though, to answer your question. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, okay, so. All right, that's interesting. I find that interesting. But as you guys progressed to actually purchasing, purchasing a piece of ground, did you guys have a sit down and say, hey, we're going to keep our eyes peeled for a piece of ground? Or, you know, kind of no. walk me through the process of how you guys you're came gonna, across it? You'll get, you'll get two different answers for that as well. Dan was always coming to me and saying, hey, this is for sale <laughs> and it's a really good price. And I would just come back with the house isn't paid off. I don't want to hear about it. And I was very, very mm-hmm. firm on that. And I can tell you, I'm a very persistent person. I have a goal. I will meet it, but like I, I will not get off course. So, and I think with money, you really need to be that way. Like, but you do have to be on the same page. Like when he said he wanted land and I was, like I said, it took a while for me to see it but then you know with the public land struggles and I didn't want to keep driving back home that was just too much Mm -hmm. um so yeah I I got on the same page with him but yes the house had to be paid off first that was a must was that just to free up cash flow or mitigate risk or just where you guys were comfortable um, that's what I was comfortable with but Mm -hmm. also I knew that I could take the home equity and put it towards the land because it's not easy to get a loan from the bank for land purchase Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think that was something early on in our marriage, Jake, that, you know, we both did get on the same page with was was basically financially trying to be debt free before we take on another burden. Mm-hmm. Not necess- I don't want to call land a burden, but but it is, you know, it takes a lot of money. Yeah, it's a substantial it's a substantial investment and commitment uh, for many, many years. And yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no argument about that. So. As you guys, so Dan wanted land forever. Stacy, you wanted land here within the last couple of years that you're like, well, yeah, that maybe yeah. would be nice. Um, so then as you guys were kind of keeping your eyes peeled and, and Dan, that sounds like you looked a little bit longer, but like what were some of the biggest things that you were looking for as you were, you know, getting ready to make this big purchase and, and doing your homework? Price per acre. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's honestly what it oh, boiled down to for the most part. And I wanted timber, but yeah, it's hard to find. We didn't end up the the property that we ended up buying. Jake didn't have. It doesn't have any timber to really speak of. Not yet. It has the potential in mm-hmm. years to come, but but that was you know that was what I was looking for. Something that I could log and turn into basically whitetail habitat. I think people have the wrong impression of what you know deer habitat is Mm -hmm. um or what is good deer habitat and when we walked the particular property that we did buy i told stacy within the first what 50 yards or 60 yards walking in with all the rubs and i just seen it was a young young forest with a lot of you know brush and Mm -hmm. shrubs and um actually a lot of sunlight hitting the ground i said this is i think this is it (laughs) yeah and it's interesting too because people have been trained i think just to correlate like uh if, if i'm buying deer ground i need a lot of timber and um 
whether that's open hardwoods because it looks pretty or whatever the case may be. Um, that's really interesting. So was this parcel just, was it uh, like clear cut in the past or um, was it just uh, an open area that maybe was tillable and they enrolled it in the CRP or what did it look like exactly? Without giving too much away, of course. Um, it was timbered 12 years ago by the Amish, so they okay. took out every, it wasn't like select cut, they annihilated it. But, um, so all the trees are growing at the same rate and we have a lot of young trees, but I mean, it is thick. There are places when we I haven't even walked it. Yeah, I can't get wow. through. And if I try, I'm all cut up from thorns and it's a, it's just a gnarly mess in there. So. There's a lot of stump regen. I mean, they mm -hmm. left all the stumps. Um, there it honestly has... isn't a lot of treetops. I'm not. I'm. I'm guessing they were probably burning them at that time. You know. But... There are some openings um, where food plots must have been. I don't know. South no, or no? Or why? I don't know why. That was where they were doing their cutting, okay. and that is where we currently are basically you know, using it as an opportunity to put food plots. And in. there is a power line that runs through it. So you have that open field feeling too. Yeah, it's 10 acres that, that eventually is, it is going to be tillable. It's it's kind of, it's a mess right now with buckthorn, which is a very bad invasive we have out there. And I've been battling that, but um, it will eventually be turning into food. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, is that just have an easement underneath it, or um, or you're able to actually go in and actually do uh, row crops underneath it? Yes, it's it's just an easement for the power company. They're the only ones that are allowed to be on it, other than us. Um, but yeah, we are allowed to plant anything that doesn't go over eight foot high. Oh, that's awesome! Very yeah. cool. So aside from price being a really big factor, um, obviously it sounded like the trophy potential was was big but what about the proximity to your house how important was that uh, as you guys were that, searching that was really important to me i get out of work at 3 30 and i always said to him with the time change i want to be able to hunt my property when i get out of work in the evening and not have to you know drive to drive yeah exactly because then you're only hunting on weekends and i got the property to hunt it whenever i want so i don't want to just be uh, limited to weekend hunting so i would say that is a huge factor in land mm -hmm. so was that like a 20 or 30 minute cap then uh from where you got yes. from um, your employment it's exactly 35 minutes door to door and that was pushing it that was about as far as i was willing to go um we had our eye on a property just down the road but they would not budge on that um, we put price in, tech. Did we put two offers in on that? Yeah, we put an offer in, and he wouldn't budge, and so we knew it just wasn't meant to be. So I had to start looking a little further than I wanted, but 35 minutes is doable. You just have to have your stuff ready to go, gear by the door, and <laughs> or in the back of the car, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, how long was that parcel that you guys scooped up? Was it on the market for a long time, or was it something that um, that you guys scooped up pretty quickly? Um, I think, I'm thinking it was like eight to 10 months mm -hmm. it was listed. Um, and it was right when COVID hit. So oh, I don't know if there was some hesitation there with buying because people just didn't know what to expect mm -hmm. um, with how things were going to turn. So nobody was real. And then the realtors were kind of handling stuff online only. We didn't even meet um, anyone to go walk it. We just got permission over the phone. So nobody walked us around or anything. Cause it was kind of like, 
how do we go about this? It was uncharted territory at the time. Like, how do we, we can't meet. We're not allowed to be like, you know, it was just weird, weird time. time. Yeah, certainly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Certainly weird, but okay. It the, worked out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> certainly worked out. It was, uh, um, I remember that time there's, it was weird. I mean, really the market where I'm at here in Illinois, it's remained pretty strong throughout the entire part of COVID, but there was certainly a lot of uncertainty like in that eight, yeah. uh, March, April time. Yeah, it's, the market's very strong right now for especially housing. But like right when it hit, I don't know if people were. That's not where their heads were at. So mm-hmm. besides you guys, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you... and dream. So you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's awesome. So I guess all in all, how long did you guys end up shopping then before you ended up purchasing a property? Um, couple months. Okay. <laughs> but, no. Oh no, I really. I said when the house, we had to get the house taken care of, and then I, I like I said, I wasn't even looking until that was taken well, care. Well, so. no, Jake, I was shopping for years. <laughs> yeah, we we got different opinions I was, on that. <laughs> I was more daydreaming. You know, yeah. No different yeah. than like, look, I'm yeah. daydreaming about tractors right now. I know it's probably another year, a couple nope, years off. Not but, happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, until. Until we get to go ahead and it's just daydreaming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So out of, uh, you know, if you were, you know, window shopping for a really long time, um, I mean, like in terms of you knew it sounded like instantly when you walked this farm, um, did you get those vibes on any other farms that you maybe didn't walk, but you saw online or like, where did this rank in all the farms that you looked at online? Like, did you feel like, man, I got the, the best, you know, the best farm for my dollar, um, based on all the research that you did? I, I personally feel like the, the one that we put the offer in was better as far as where it was located in proximity to our home and the potential to grow giant Pennsylvania deer. Um, we had also walked, what, another couple properties in PA that were just real... I know talk what it about, was. Yeah, talk about that. We walked them and there was this, we wouldn't have the mineral rights. Is yeah, that correct? Yes. Which is a big that, deal by you guys, I would assume. Yes. It was, yeah, Dan's like, no way. Like, if we don't own what's under it, I'm not ever going to take. Not what... for the price they were asking, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was. And that... it didn't even have potential for, for mm-hmm. you know, big deer to live. They had, they had also logged it previously, but even more recent. So, it just was not very appealing um no i don't know i just we only walked probably four and we knew yeah but you i mean you also got to think jake i've been hunting you know a lot of properties since mm-hmm. i was i think nine or eight years old is when i started hunting and like pretty heavy duty bow hunting you know 11 years yeah. old is when i started that <laughs> Honest, i mean you i think you already hit on it um price and proximity are things you're not going to change everything else if you're willing to put time like over years you'll get it to where yeah like, and that's, the... that's what we're doing now i mean it, it it's turned into a lot of work but it's it's fun work and it's mm-hmm. knowing that you know it it's not what it is right now i look at what it's going to be in three years or in five years and then especially in, in 10 years i mean you know if it has the potential then then that was what i had in mind mm-hmm how how roughly big is this farm just so people get an idea it's 116 acres okay so a pretty good chunk and man i yeah that's a lot of a lot of work i'm sure it's probably like an endless project that you that you enjoy i would assume is that right 
Yeah, I mean, you could. You, there's always something to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's always something to do. Yeah. Not always enjoyable. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were. That she's just coming off a weekend of track. I got the bulldozer stuck. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were out there digging, and and I had one shovel, and she's with a hatchet trying to like <laughs> get through that mud, and it, we didn't get it out. So I got to get another machine out there to try and get it out. But, oh gosh. <laughs> but other, you know, any other time, the stuff happens. Pretty- yeah, yeah, right. That happens. So um, it sounded like, you know, I picked it up that you guys did not work with any sort of like buyer's agent or anything. You guys basically just tackled it yourself. Yes. Was that by design? Or do you just guys just felt comfortable handling that or um, just out of ease or just I'm just curious, um, you know, what was the approach there? Well, we had it some help with Grant Robin. It was listed with uh... – White Tail, was no, it, White it was Tail? Mossy Oak. Mossy Oak. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, at that time, he was very hands-off. Like, we didn't even meet the guy. I had a couple phone calls, mm-hmm. and then that was it. But other than that, no, I just, like I said, weird times, and mm-hmm. we felt confident. Um, we weren't really involving the bank, so there wasn't that issue. It was uh, equity on the home, so it was treated like cash. So... Mm-hmm. When you eliminate that part, then it's really straightforward. Well, but it was also important that it was a free and clear title yes. as well. Um, yeah. You know, there. When we started putting offers in on the other property, we we found out real quick that you know there are liens and um, other contracts or mm-hmm. um, you know that is attached to properties and and they stand at the sale. Mm-hmm. So this particular one. Um, the only one, it was a free and clear title minus the easement for, um, the power company to That's use it, which is still free and clear, but yeah, yeah. which probably really wasn't a bad thing to have a area that was cleared out to some degree or no, no. that was still messy I... too. Uh, we battle a little bit of, uh, like locals and, you know, ATV riders that believe wrongfully so that it is a right away for anybody to use um mm. but we we did you know we invested some money in a fence and some a lot of time and um you know it, it's gotten a lot better i i believe you know it's no different than than anything um you know it, it's gotten better in just what one year so i'd imagine you know it should be pretty pretty good on that end in the next couple years yeah yeah i'm sure that's frustrating in the time being but yeah i think it's something I'm sure you guys will eradicate, um, you know, over, over time. But one question that I have here is so, and you guys mentioned that you guys uh, took a, basically a HELOC. Um, was there any other forms of, of budgeting or like any pieces of advice you can give someone that is listening to this right now and they think, you know, I want to do this as well. Um, you know, and they're just, they, they need some inspiration. <laughs> so do you have any inspiration on this topic? I'm going to let Stacy talk on this because she is, she is the reason why it actually happened. All I did was just, you know, <laughs> I, I was encouraging in the sense that I wanted it, mm-hmm. but she was, she's the type that, you know, she can come up with a plan. No different than, you know, Jake, right now I'm sitting here without a notebook in front of me. I'm, you know, you gave us like a little bit of some of the questions that we might be going over and Stacy mm-hmm. has everything written out. Like <laughs> she's a planner and she's, she gets a plan and she attacks it. And, um, she, 
she's like that with our finances as well. And, you know, so I'm going to let her talk. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, no pressure. Um, no, I, I really do believe, and I started this with the whole debt, like that has to get taken care of. Um, cause you do not want to, I mean, you can, when you get the house paid off, like I said, you can use the equity then to put down on the land. And that was the way we went about it. Well, we um, the and the vehicle, the vehicles got paid, the house got paid. And then we have not really used credit cards all that much. And if we do, it gets paid off immediately. But, but I think Jake, one thing that she's kind of not mentioning is that, you know, we made the decision. She really was the deciding factor, but, and it was good um, that we were going to cut everything that wasn't a necessity. There's wants and needs and separating the two was very important. And, you know, we wanted fast internet in the house, but it cost more money. So we had crappy internet for a lot of years. Um, We, you know, we have Netflix, which was like $5 a month and um, you know, groceries was, you know, not something we went crazy on um you know even something simple as like having brand new work boots or like you know work tools like some of the guys at work you know they make fun of me for being a cheapo because i I make good money Mm -hmm. and i you know but but it wasn't something that i needed and and um you know i if you if you look at my clothes or like my my closet um then stacy's is the same way you know like we're Mm -hmm. not elaborate people and and those things aren't important to us and they weren't important to us and that you know i give stacy the credit for that because i see a new bow come out every year and i want it or i see a new tree stand come out and i want it or you know a a new side by side like Mm -hmm. you know if it were me making the calls i'd be probably you know in a lot worse of a position than i am and i probably have a new tractor that i'm paying payments on and Mm -hmm. interest and all that other garbage but Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, stop. There's, yeah. there's truth to that. You're going to suffer a little bit, but if you have that goal, I mean, that's what you're doing it for. Um, you know, and there personally, we had um, a couple doors close, and when they did, another door opened for us. We, this is, it's a very personal issue, but we had been trying to have a child, and we had to go through IVF and I know this seems like it's really off topic, but I swear it's going to come back around. And (laughs) we had had a horrible thing happen. We had went through the whole surgery and everything and there was a disaster or a malfunction with the tank and they were liable. They, um, the hospital did not have a backup alarm and nobody in the lab when it happened. And, you know, we were part of a class action lawsuit that actually we were not able to have children. And, um, you know, that really gave us, it gave us, a leg. It gave us a decent chunk to put down too. So I don't want people mm-hmm. to think like, you know, this, I don't know. It like, was, it was always on pace. To, it was going to take there, a lot longer. but it was going to take a lot longer. Um, something that you know might have happened in five years from now, or ten years from now, whenever that would have happened. You know, it it just happened sooner. It was a horrible thing. Yeah. Um, and and we gave up a whole lot of hopes and dreams in that aspect. But like, it just was a matter of like changing the trajectory of, I don't know, 
our hopes and dreams. So mm-hmm. now we go out and we take care of this land together. And Jack, oh, I have a son and his name's Jackson and he's there with us. And it's being happy and content with the mm-hmm. whatever is thrown your way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. You certainly didn't have to yeah. do that, but um, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that as well. I, I couldn't imagine. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I can't comment to that. I don't have any children, so I can't even, I can't, I can't even comprehend it. So I'm not going to, you know, pretend to do so, but, um, so yeah, I, I guess, um, it has reached your end goal, your, one of your goals a little bit faster, but yeah. Um, it did. It was a horrible way to get there, but you know, we're something really awesome, you know, came out of getting this property that we both, you know, it was a dream and it and, and happened, but it, I wouldn't wish it on anyone the way it did mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah i couldn't imagine well as you guys you know moved forward and actually and purchased this property and now you guys have it but was there any like common myth that completely surprised you about the purchasing process or something about land ownership that you found to be false as well i think in my head i thought you know once once i had this property i'd be like you know I don't want to say content, but um, you were still I bumping around I, public, right? That's if, is that right? I remember seeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's not like public land, but I guess you know, I after we purchased the property, I I just I always have something that I want to have done, and I have a agenda that needs done at certain times of the year. Um, and then there's, you know, like we're, we're rolling into Turkey season is when, um, I, I personally like want to shut down all the work and let them have it for the summer moving into fall. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like it's crunch time kind of thing, you know, to try and get everything done, whether it's hanging stands or prepping for food plots or, or clearing areas or, you know, so it does get a little bit hectic and, and I'm, I'm not complaining at all. I promise you that, but mm-hmm. Um, I think that that was something I maybe had a false, you know, uh, misconception that that it was just going to be easier or or better. It's a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. it's certainly, you know, I, I we hunt public land very very much so in Pennsylvania, and um, I don't work nearly as hard to get on good bucks in PA on the public ground anywhere near like I do in Ohio to try and it's a different type of hunting too, mm-hmm. you know, um, Pennsylvania, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly reacting to what I'm seeing and, and really relying heavily on woodsmanship skills in Ohio. I am trying to manicure that land and trying to grow large animals or large deer. And, you know, so I kind of put it on myself, Jake, but you know, <laughs> well, I can't wait to see, um, you know, like see your guys' parcel uh, basically um, come to fruition over over year over year over year after work, and I can't wait to kind of like see uh, the fruits of your guys' labor uh, for you know hopefully many 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 years to come. So that's got to be uh, rewarding to maybe see that on the horizon. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So um, let's see. So how let me ask you this when you guys bought this was this a parcel that you're like eh, we're gonna hold on to this for a very long time or is this a parcel that you guys see yourself holding on to for five or ten years what does that look like i um i think we'll hold on to it forever mm-hmm. yeah. and i see i see jackson my son um someday 
passing it on to his kids. And mm-hmm. I, I hope it does at least. That's what I hope. Yeah, that's that's cool because I, I know some people have different uh, schools of thought, and I know um, pieces of lands like very sentimental for for many reasons. But um, yeah, that's a, yeah. What I shared earlier has a lot to do with it, though the personal mm-hmm. reason. Um, I know we planted trees in remembrance of our loss out there. So I mean, there, there's no way we're letting this land. It's 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 a lot. If of we fear. were if we were just in it, like strictly investment wise and being extremely smart financially at the price that we bought it at um it would it would be a great property to flip especially if you're you know showing good deer coming off of it um the right person would pay what it is actually worth um or will be worth i should say um but i i just i don't think that's ever gonna happen yeah there's nothing wrong with that but yeah, I mean, those that sounds like a farm that would be a good candidate for that. It was probably uh, other people probably shied away from it just because it, um, you know, maybe didn't look like quote unquote good deer habitat. But um, I'm sure both of you have hunted long enough that you you get a good vibe when uh, you're certainly in one of those special areas, and that's what it sounded like happened. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, all right. Well, I think. Um, I think that definitely concludes uh, episode one of the first time buyers um, episode. So I really appreciate you guys um, hopping on here and recording. Is there anything else you want to say in, uh, or any parting words? Mm, I got no, nothing. I <laughs> no, I really appreciate it. And um, um, it's, you guys are, I guess you guys kill a lot of big deer. You guys put a lot of work into this. So it's, um, when I saw you post that you purchased this property, I was extremely happy. I was cheering from the sidelines. I was like, that's awesome. Um, I guess learning the whole story uh, adds another level of gratitude uh, that I can pass yeah. along. So um, just once again, thank you for hopping on here. And uh, good luck turkey hunting. I know Pennsylvania just opened up Saturday for you. Thank we appreciate you. it, buddy. Thanks. Same to you. Just want to say thanks again to Dan and Stacy for sharing their story hopefully you guys found some level of value and learned a thing or two before we send you off though if you would like to get that free land buying tips from the pros that pat porter put together you can head over to the resource sign up in the description below sign up there i will reach out get your shipping address and we'll ship it to you completely free of charge if you leave a written review and you send a screenshot proof of that we'll send you a book too just want to say thank you to everyone that tuned in the next episode is going to be the next Monday at 5 a.m., bright and early. Until next time, see you.